Welcome to That Vacation Co. Podcast. I'm Caleb, joined by Chanel, and today we are continuing our series in the United Kingdom with a very special episode uh, picking up in the marvelous city, town, I don't know, of York. Do they go by city or town? Mm, Village? Hamlet? It's much too big to be a village or a hamlet. I'll go with city uh, because it is a lot more sprawling than maybe it once was back in ye old times. Uh, but yeah, today uh, we are continuing with that. We're going to talk about York, our stop there previously uh, in our last episode that we did on the UK. We were in Cambridge, um, not not at the time of recording, we wish, uh, but for the episode, we were in Cambridge. Um, and this all actually occurred on the same day. Our stop in Cambridge was in the morning, and our stop in York was sometime a little bit after lunch uh, and in the early afternoon. And uh, we did have a decent amount of time to explore, uh, but uh, it was a very jam-packed day. It was a busy day, as is often uh, the schedule of events when you are on a guided tour. Uh, But if you think about it, that is a, in our humble opinion, uh, a wonderful way to see a lot of things that maybe uh, you wouldn't normally be able to see if you know you were um, kind of staying in a hotel and you had a rental car and you just kind of went out as you could and did what you wanted to do. Um, when you do these guided tours, you do find that you have a lot of activities and a lot of things to do, but you get to see a whole lot more of things than you probably would uh, any other way. Um, at least that's what we found to be the case. I'm going to turn it over to Chanel, and she'll kind of give us a kickstart uh, into York. Good day to you all. Wow. That's how I started the notes when I wrote them. That was intense. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so, as Caleb mentioned, this this uh, York episode and the the Cambridge episode actually happened on the same day when we were visiting. Um, so it was a very busy day. We spent the morning in Cambridge and the afternoon in York. Um, so as I've noted before in my notes, um, and I'll say again, as we began to drive further north, further up, getting closer to Scotland, um, the views and the scenery just got more picturesque as we went. Um, everything you'd imagine the English countryside to look like, just imagine that in your head and you've got exactly what our views were. It was misty and mysterious hillsides, just the stuff that dreams are made of really. Um, so we arrived in York and as was our group's modus operandi, our guide took us for a walk out into this, to a central area, um, passed through the very crowded shambles, um, and I believe it was somewhere around the York Minster that we were given a brief orientation highlighting, and um, just our guide gave us some of the, you know, a little bit of the history, but um, gave us, pointed us out in some different directions of things we might want to go see, and then he took those who were wanting to stay with him into the York Minster to tour the minster, um, which was a, is a huge cathedral. Um, we, as we have already stated, we decided not to stay with the tour guide for these. Pretty much in every city or town that we stopped in, this was kind of the way things went. Orientation tour, and then you could choose to stay with the guide and go 
tour a significant site or inside of a building, or you could strike out on your own. And so as was our habit, we decided to go on our own because given the limited time frame in the area, we just wanted to see as much as we could on foot and just from the streets um, as much as we could from the mean, mean streets of York. Um, so um, that being said, I would like to say a few words about a couple of things that I've already mentioned in passing. The first one being the shambles. Um, the shambles are a 14th century, roughly, uh, Butcher Street in York and other towns in England are said to have shambles. They're roughly called that. And the reason that they're called that is because of the timber frame buildings that nearly touch on their upper levels. And they're called the shambles, most likely due to the what were called fleshimals, literally flesh shelves. So the shelves that butchers used to display their meats. So that's what the term shambles meant. It was sort of the butcher district and um, you could go and buy your prepared meats there. Um, so I have heard it said, and this was always an interesting tidbit to me, that the reason for the second and third floors, the upper levels of these buildings, the reason that they would jut out into the streets and the alleyways and in and so, and some places almost touch, if you could get up there, you could almost touch the window across the street of your neighbor across. Um, and the reasoning for that was that at that time, only ground level floors were taxed by their square footage or whatever uh, measuring equivalent they used. Um, but the upper, upper levels were not. So they would take advantage of this and give themselves a little bit more square footage in the upper levels, and this would cause them to build outward and have those famous um, buildings, that timber frame buildings that jutted out, creating that iconic look. It would not have been square footage, as they are not Americans. It would have been something like, and I don't know this for certain, square meterage? Meterage? We'll go with meatage. That sounds awesome. As I said, Caleb, the equivalent, the equivalent. And actually, I could be wrong, but I think um, square footage does come from England. Meatage. All right, whatever. Um, So no butcher shops remain there today, uh, but it is a very popular and very crowded tourist area with lots of shops, lots of gift shops, as you might imagine. Um, We did walk through this area, and I think we even popped into a few shops, and it was just really fun to walk through these bustling crowds and imagine ourselves to be medieval shoppers, just making our way through the market, uh, doing the daily grind. Um, So that was a lot of fun to uh, really, it was very busy, and you kind of had to fight your way through the crowds to get through. But it was a lot of fun still, even though it was very, uh, you know, a very touristy thing. It would be really cool if they still had butcher shops and all of that. But um, you know, mostly shops where you can buy tea and candles and and things that say the shambles all over them. Whatever, that's the way that things go. But it was still a lot of fun. So from there, our our guide took us to the York Minster, which is one of the largest cathedrals of its kind in Northern Europe. So that's very notable. And really, it was a hugely impressive beast. Um, if we ever get to go back and we had more time, I would definitely take a tour of this gorgeously impressive structure. The history is fascinating. I just did a brief flyover of the history when preparing the notes to reorient myself with this. There's been a church um, 
on this site at least since the 1600, not 1600s, I'm sorry, 600s AD. Um, which was probably built as an earlier wooden Roman fortress. So uh, in the 70s AD, there was probably a Roman fortress structure there um, that became a church over the years, and it was added to, and and uh, at one point um, around the wooden structure, there were bricks put around it, and, you know, it was just built up and added to over the years and, and became more elaborate. It was remodeled many times due to fire, um, as you can imagine, uh, a structure being there that long, fires being inevitable, inevitable over the years. Um, so it's just a huge, elaborate house of worship today. I think it would be fabulous to go there and be able to hear, you know, uh, one of the famous British choirs, a children's choir or a men's choir, anything like that, I'm sure, would just um, bring chills if you could listen to music being played there. I bet it would be wonderful. So that is just a little bit of mention of the shambles in the York Minster. Uh, the York Minster is a great meeting point if you find yourself in York and, and with a group and needing to split up. It's it's large, easily memorable landmark. Do you have something? I wasn't taking the microphone. I was okay. pushing it towards you because okay. you said it far away from yourself and all of a sudden got really quiet. Okay, I thought you were trying to take it. Okay, so um, so from there we broke away. And one of the wonderful things that we happened upon as we began to walk around was a lovely, you got it, another old church. <laughs> All the churches there are really old, and they have a lot of them. This one was called St. We called it, and I still have the habit when I see it written to call it St. Olaf's. Um, according to the internet, the almighty internet, it is pronounced St. Olive's. Um, so as you can imagine, that is immensely special to us now, and back then perhaps it was a bit of foreshadowing, if you don't know. We have a daughter named Olive. Um, so this church was dedicated to St. Olaf, um, the patron saint of Norway, which gives you a clue into some of the also early— Also seen in the movie Frozen. <laughs> yes. Um, gives you a clue into some of the earlier settlers— uh, of the once Viking town of, of York. Um, so gives you a clue into the varied and many different people groups that have settled in this, um, in this famous English town. Uh, the earliest recorded burial, I thought this was interesting, to have taken place here was in 1055. So that's pre-Norman conquest. That's pre, you know, all the kings of England that we think of. Um, and it was a fellow named Earl Seward, who I'm sure was very significant. I'd have to do more research on him. Um, but it is most likely that the church even predates this fellow. Um, so that's pretty dang old. 1055 is the first recorded burial there. Um, Saint Ol And Caleb, if you have anything to add to this, just break in and grab the mic or whatever you need to do. But um, so... From there, we went on. The weather was, you know, we had a very gray skies, but sort of intermittently there was sunshine, I remember, and I even got some sunny pictures as we went further on. But um, this church, St. Olaf's, is an older church that's actually located within the walls of the ruins of St. Mary's Abbey, which was founded a little later and was ruined during something called the Dissolution of the Monasteries, which essentially... 
what it boils down to, if you get really down to the bottom of things, it was essentially a very famous temper tantrum, I say, and a power grab of King Henry VIII, yes, the one who beheaded his wives, uh, against the then all-powerful Catholic Church, because they would not grant him a divorce of his first wife, Catherine of Aragon, so that he could marry the famous Anne Boleyn. Um, so because of this, he broke away and created his own church, which still stands today, the, the Church of England. Um, King Henry went through the English countryside, ransacking wealthy churches and plundering their goods and often destroying the structures themselves, which was the case for St. Mary's, which was at the time one of the most prosperous abbeys in northern England. So a lot of wealth. Um, a lot of clergy employed here, and all of that um, destroyed due to uh, Henry VIII. Um, so regardless of the complicated and tumultuous history, there's so much more to look into there. The grounds were lovely uh, for both St. Olaf's or Olives and St. Mary's. Um, St. Mary's is now considered to be part of the York Museum Gardens, and we really enjoyed strolling through these ruins. I mean, they're just really picturesque, and we even saw some of these open stone caskets, which were intriguing to us, and I would love to research more. No bodies were in them, but they were just open stone caskets laying there. Very interesting. Um, The sun popped out. We saw families and picnickers enjoying a nice day. And I even managed to capture this cute little guy, this tiny little, probably, you know, just starting to walk little baby, um, grabbing a handful of dirt and eating it. And I caught his surprised face after he took a bite of the dirt. Um, And that was just really funny. I'll try to find the picture and post it. Uh, But it was pretty funny. I was a little confused there. You said you captured him. Um, we did let him go. Um, no, she was saying she captured a photo. Please don't arrest us. Um, this was this was a fun a fun day, uh, the whole day. But this, I, I really loved York. Um, while I don't have the clearest of memories on all of our um, sites and things that we saw, I you know I definitely remember walking around. I guess St. Olives. Um, I as well just continued to call it St. Olaf's. Um, interesting tidbits uh, as a history buff myself, being in a city that had um, Viking ruins and, and a history connected to Norway and, um, you know, the Roman history that we're going to get to in a bit here as well. Um, or at least just mention all of these things in some of these communities uh, like York or elsewhere. We saw some additional ruins um, as part of our our trek through the English countryside. Um, It's just amazing to me. You know, I I love history. I mean, I I do love American history, but um, often the sites that we see here um, date back to you know, maybe perhaps at the most, you know, if you're going back to colonial time, you might see some stuff, um, you know, from the 1600s or something like that. But um, when you're looking at most of American history, at least in the area we are, most of the buildings that we can find that are even, you know, considered the oldest only go back to like the 1800s. You go over to the United Kingdom and it's like you're looking at buildings and walls and, you know, what remains. Obviously, these are like archaeological dig sites in some of these places. And you're, you're talking 1000 AD, even, even as early as 
800 and 600 AD and you know just some of the things that they were showing is just I don't know it's it's mind blowing to to consider you know the the things that we are looking at and you know obviously with with some of this stuff it goes back even further than that as you start to talk about like the Celtic people and and that type of thing but um it it was it was mind blowing i can't really think i'm trying to think of a way to describe it um to see all of this history in front of you uh and so for people like Chanel and i this was this was exciting you know and everybody travels differently and and the things that they enjoy are very different and york is full of history uh but it also has some modern modern uh representation there as well uh i couldn't help but notice the stark contrast as uh we were loading up on the bus to depart this area you know right across from this massive shopping center um you know offering the trendiest of fashions um you know it's it's funny chanel talked about how we would spend a lot of our our time when given the opportunity to have free time we would depart from the group um when you do a guided tour that is always an option. You know, sometimes, as you've heard us describe about how busy the day can be or anything like that, you might get the picture that you're always with the group, always being kind of drug along uh, to the next site. Uh, but you you are given a fair amount of free time, um, and we took advantage of that. Um, but, you know, oftentimes when I think back about it, I, there are some moments I wish we would have stayed with the group and seen what they had seen. Um, in particular, we'll get to it in a future episode, but in Edinburgh, I, I kind of wish we would have gone to this uh, Scottish dinner that they they did an excursion for. And I, I we we elected to do our own thing, but I, I kind of kick myself and wish I would have done that. But um, heading back here to, to York... Um, I, I really enjoyed uh, the sights of uh, the shambles. Um, but the best way I can describe it is it reminds me of Diagon Alley from uh, Harry Potter. Uh, so if you're a Harry Potter fan and you've watched um, the films, you, you'll you see Diagon Alley. That was, you know, a lot of inspiration for Diagon Alley came from that type of building uh, structure, the shambles. So um, that's kind of what it looked like. And just really magical uh, pun intended um walking through that and seeing all that really felt like uh you were really stepping back in time in york yes so um gardens graveyards and ruins that's what makes the bergs happy if we can just walk through gardens graveyards and ruins minus graveyards for me schnell likes graveyards i do not anyway um, other one other noteworthy thing, um, actually lots of noteworthy things, but this is the one I'll mention. Uh, one place that we almost went to, but we were a little bit concerned about the time frame, was uh, the Jorvik Viking Center. It's an interactive museum that focuses on the early Viking inhabitants of York. Um, at the time that we went, I think they had added some some exhibits and added some interactions and things to it. And since then, just looking at their website, they have added more to it. So this really looks like a really informative and interactive and a, a great place to visit. It looked so interesting. Uh, but like I said, we were worried a, a bit about the time frame that we might uh, be 
cutting it a bit too close. So between this and the York Minster alone, I would definitely go back and spend a day or two in York. Um, and there are many other things to see as well. Um, another noteworthy thing is um, this town probably maybe more so than any in England, as I was doing my research, has um, quite extensive Roman walls still intact that are still very much intact and and easy to see. And I think we may have seen a little bit of that as well. But um, so walls from, from the time that um, Britain was a, a Roman um, outpost, um, you know, their, some of their fortifications are still visible, which is really cool. Um, after departing York, our travels took us further up and further in to a delightful little town called Darlington, which unfortunately we didn't get to see much of the town of Darlington itself, although I would have loved to, um, from what little bit I looked up today. Um, but I just remember passing by really, um, lovely little quaint sort of cottage looking houses and people, um, drying their laundry on clotheslines, which for some reason always, um, it gets me. I don't know why, but um, our uh, so we went to our evenings accommodations, which was called the Blackwell Grange. Um, the The Blackwell Grange uh, was a family home built as a family estate in the very late 1600s, early 1700s, and was converted into a hotel in the 1970s. Um, we enjoyed our stay there, but since then it has recently undergone refurbishment. I checked the website and it looks like they've done a really wonderful job with the updates. And it looks like it reopened just around the time that COVID hit. It said March 2020. So that must have been just before the shutdown, um, which I'm sure was a big ouch for them. But it appears as as of their website as of now they are still up and running they are doing their best as most um smaller businesses are to try to um make the most of the times and roll with the punches and and roll with the changes that come their way looks like they have some wonderful holiday offerings and things like that it looks like a really nice place to stay still it was nice when we went and it looks like they've done a wonderful job with it um so we had one of our most enjoyable meals here uh, at the Blackwell Grange. It, after a busy, busy day, you know, we were tired. We ate dinner here uh, with two older ladies from our group, originally from um, Iran. And they told us fascinating things about Iran, Iran, however you say it, um, and all of their, Caleb's giving me a look, and all of their travels. They had were very well-traveled ladies. They had been all over the place that at the time they lived in California. They were so much fun. And um, from there on, we sort of struck up a friendship and looked out for each other. Yeah, just to mention, number one, um, one of the ladies was living in California. The other was still living in Iran. Um, and you know, I, I, we obviously haven't, well, I guess not obviously we, we have not stayed in touch, uh, but this lady owned a restaurant in the San Diego area and we just enjoyed having conversations and I, you know, I don't know if her restaurant is still open or anything like that. And I don't recall what the name of it is. Otherwise we would definitely give them a shout out, but these ladies were, uh, delightful. We had so many fun conversations with them and, um, one of the 
benefits of traveling with these group tours and this is yes this is just a promo for group travels um you get to meet so many amazing people from all over the world and these two ladies especially we we just kind of struck up a little uh friendship during our travels that that week while we were in the uk and looked out for each other and um they they were they were adorable they were funny um and and the stories especially of iran were incredible like I I had not been aware, you know, I, I guess I just always pictured Iran as like this uh, desert type Middle Eastern country. Uh, but she, the way they described it was that, you know, it was a country full of all sorts of natural wonders and, and beauty. And um, if you ever have a chance, maybe Google, um, you know, some of the landscape of Iran and, and look at um, some of the, there's some like crazy pictures of, you know, the only way to describe it is like, alien looking worlds in in iran so uh google that sometime you will be intrigued for sure yes so um i had apparently and i do remember this and which is significant because i don't always remember food i had uh one of the best probably the best meal that i had on our entire trip there and i had the fish pie which maybe to some sounds good some maybe not um, but basically like a seafood pie, and it was delicious, and like I said, very memorable, and I even wrote in my journal that it was probably my favorite dish that I had on the trip. Probably that and that pasty that we had in Cambridge um, were two of the most memorable meals that I can remember having. So really good food, really good um, camaraderie and friendship, um, and, and lots of laughs around the table, I remember. So that was just a lot of fun. Um just a little bit more about our hotel there. It did have really beautiful gardens. I remember walking around a little bit outside and taking some pictures of just some of the the garden areas and the different um, plants and and flowers that they had. And um, I remember wanting to go all the way around or walk a little further. And Caleb was like, no, I'm tired. I'm ready to go in. And, uh, and so we did, we did have a long day. So we turned in to our, our hotel room and I remember looking out of the window, I guess, wherever we were situated, um, on the, the grounds there faced the one area that we didn't walk around. And I, as I looked out the window, there was a life size chess set just outside the window that we missed because we didn't walk on further around. Um, and so that being said, I don't want to give Caleb too hard of a time. He was tired. I was tired. Um, as we jokingly tongue in cheek say, be led of the spirit if you're not too exhausted. Um, so just, you know, wherever your whim takes you, sometimes if it's safe enough, um, sometimes be adventurous and be willing to go around the corner and see what might be there because you never know. You might find a life-size chess set and all your Harry Potter dreams can come true. Um, so, but... Nonetheless, I guess I could have gone back out there by myself and looked at it, but I guess at that point I was pretty tired too. So I just looked at it from the window and said, oh, gee, that's nice. And um, then probably turned in and went to bed. Um, So we had such a wonderful time, Cambridge and York that day, and a little bit of Darlington. Um, We really, like we've already said, like you may have noticed, we really enjoyed our group tour, our guided tour. We got to meet so many like-minded travelers and people that just enjoyed similar things. And um, that sometimes is an 
is an awesome point of, of topic and ways to hit it off. And I know that some people on these tours that take guided tours, they forge friendships that they have for life and they travel to other places with these people. They meet up at other locations around the world. And I just think that that is really cool. Caleb, did you have anything else you wanted to add? How many times have we seen a life-size chess set? I mean, must be like four or five times since this trip, and you have never once been like, oh, magical. I mean, yeah, don't get me started on that. It's just a chess set. My goodness, my goodness. Um, No, we did walk around the grounds for a little bit. I was exhausted. That day wore me out. And I remember taking pictures of everything around that hotel, and we just happened to miss the chess set. I apologize. You'll never let it go, but I apologize. Um, I'm joking, of course, um, sort of. But in in retrospect, of course, you know, this was a wonderful day. Uh, I don't remember what I ate that evening. I did not have the fish pie. It didn't sound appetizing, but in in hindsight, it, you know, as much as Chanel has talked about it these over the last years, um, I kind of wish I did. I kind of wish I'd tried it or something, but... Um, I don't remember what I had, but it wasn't as good as that. So, um, yep, we'll we'll close it out here. But if you're ever in need of uh, a quote for any of your wildest travel uh, dreams, hit us up. We would love to help you with that free, no obligation quote. Uh, and if you need advice on where to travel, we can point you in the right direction. Um, that's what we do. Um, we hope you've enjoyed this series so far. Uh, We've got a few more episodes to plug away um, in our trip to the United Kingdom. Next week, we'll be back with another episode on Disney. Uh, But until then, we are That Vacation Company, serving you the most delightful destinations. 